Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. without a doubt in my mind that he has a word for this church and that he that that God is going to bless this church through him. So, I'm going to have my friend come now. Brother, come on up here. Um and I'm going to turn it over to him and let him preach. Yeah, give him a warm New Hope Church welcome. <laughs> I resemble that. I resemble that. So thank you very much. No, it's good to be here. Why don't you do me a favor? Because I know how long I'm going to preach today. We're going to get done about 2 o'clock. I'm just kidding. We're not. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I will not preach as long as your pastor. So I can promise you that. Uh, no, I am just kidding. I want you to stand up real quick. And I want you to help me just greet somebody. Give them a high five real quick. Tell them you're so glad to see them in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, if you can't have fun, you might as well die. Life ought to be a party. And where I grew up, we always said there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. It goes on every day after day after day. And so what a great treat it is. Hope and I am so thankful that God allowed our paths cross six years ago with your pastor and his wife. And how many love your leaders? Amen. Amen. So I, uh, I, yeah, yeah, such eloquence just reeks out of his sarcasm. So now his sister preached last week, his wife is next week. You're stuck with the monk in the middle. So here we are. And, um, but I, I do believe the Lord is going to help us today. And I, I just got to be honest with you. What I'm going to share today, I have preached this all over the nation. And I've been blessed to travel quite a bit. But so this might be new to you, but it's very familiar to me. It happens to be one of my absolute favorite messages that the Lord gave me. However, he gave it to me in a very dark season of my life, um, and I will I will dive into it here in just a few minutes, but just to kind of give you, um, thank you for playing a little longer today, by the way. You're doing a great job. Isn't she doing a great job? And um, my wife and I are, are blessed to have been married for 16 years, and this coming April will be 17 years, and I think they may buy her a shirt that says, I am a survivor. <laughs> See those shirts that have an arrow that says, I'm pointing stupid. They're pointing, I'm with stupid. Well, I am the reason for that shirt, I promise you. Don't wear that by yourself. Don't wear it by myself. Why? Because it might call out your personality, right? Might, everybody know you have multiple issues. <laughs> if I did that, I have an arrow pointing upwards. I'm with stupid, so. But just to be honest with you, we, um, we encountered some difficulties in trying to conceive a child. But God blessed us with a beautiful baby boy that we adopted. But before that, we had actually gone a very long ways away from our home, met a baby, held that baby, only for the next day the birth mother changed her mind. And so we lost that child. And I was in a very dark in a very dark situation. And um, I was in prayer on a senior graduation trip in Atlanta, Georgia. I was a youth pastor at the time. It was in 2012. And so in the middle of May, we were having fun at Six Flags and the Atlanta Zoo and the aquarium and the Coca-Cola Museum. I felt the need to 
to start studying out one particular chapter in the Bible that has always intrigued me, and it's Psalm 23. And so today, I'm going to preach to you what God gave me in a season of pain because the Lord had a word of hope for me today, and I'm going to share that with you right now. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I got a nice little title right there, the Lord is my shepherd. Can we just lift our hand and pray for a moment before we go any further? God, we love you today, and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy that endures forever. I pray today that you would be with us in this room. I'm asking that you would let angels descend from heaven to reach our hearts and our minds today. God, we need your presence. We need your glory to be with us. God, I thank you for those that have gathered together in this house today. They've come not out of obligation, but desire to have a closer relationship with you, our great shepherd. And I bless them today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for all things that you're going to do. And somebody say in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Clap your hands one more time and give God praise. The 23rd Psalm, everybody say 23rd Psalm. It's probably one of the best known passages in all the Bible. Many of you can probably quote it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall see. It's one of those passages that has the ability to help us transition from one phase of life to the other. But I am pretty confident that few people realize how beautiful and powerful this verse and set of verses are. There's six verses in the 23rd Psalm. And in my studies, I have come across a quote that I love very much. It's by a gentleman named Bernard W. Anderson, and perhaps he expresses it the best that I've ever heard when he wrote these words. No single psalm has expressed more powerfully man's prayer of confidence out of the depths to the God whose purpose alone gives meaning to the span of life with us from the womb to the tomb. From the moment that you were created until the time that you take your last breath, you've got a God that loves you more than life. His name is Jesus. His name is power. His name is life. There are places in Scripture that are so powerful that to quote them or to recite them is to literally experience them. And that's what I feel about this 23rd Psalm because... This psalm in itself has a collaboration of greatness and also sorrow. The psalm itself is very personal. David wrote this with an intention to testify about his personal experience with God. There's no words like we, us, or they. But it's all about my, me, I, and you. Everybody say me, me. and you. It is a proclamation. It's a declaration of David's appreciation of the Lord. And we've heard it quoted many of our time of our lives. Mostly, it's always inserted in that funeral program. Everybody been to a funeral and seen the 23rd Psalm in the program? I don't think you're going to walk into a church and get a bulletin and see it sitting in the bulletin. Most people find it in a funeral. Well, I want to tell you there's more to this psalm than death. This psalm is really all about life. With beauty, it speaks of green pastures and still waters, but it does talk about dark valleys. It does talk about enemies. But what comforts us most about this psalm is the fact that David believes everything he said. You ever made a statement, you believe every word you said? Like, I believe it. The devil is a liar. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say it. The devil is a liar. You ever looked in the mirror in the morning and said, my God, you are struggling today. Yes, I have. Yes. Such for some of you. I'm sorry, that's a different screen. No, I'm just kidding. That's not That's not. I woke up this morning, and I, I wear a CPAP, and I had all these lines on my face. I'm like, dude, you are struggling, bro. <laughs> so I, I said, I am struggling today. 
woke up this morning and, and I told my wife, I said, and I just real, real anxious today. I don't know what's going on. It's struggling this morning. And uh, it could have been that Mexican food I had last night for dinner. I don't know. It just could have been, but it was good. It was healthy. I know you said, yeah, right. But I didn't have any tortillas. I only had 12 chips with sauce. I counted them. I'm trying to lose weight, y'all. Don't judge me. But I'm telling you, thank you. I'm down 11 pounds since September the 1st. Let's give God praise for that. And I'm going to invite myself to come back next year, and I'll be even thinner and hopefully better looking. But I will not have hair plugs. I can promise you that. A lot of me to love right now. My wife is watching, and she's probably embarrassed. I'm coming home, but not till midnight, baby. See, see how we're having just this conversation right now? We're interacting together. That's how great God is. And that's what David's saying. The Lord is my shepherd. Go to verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. I want, here's what I want you to do. I want you to try something. I want you to stand up, and I want you to say this as loud and as honest as you can because I want all of hell to know that we're not trusting in his lies. We're trusting in the truth of who our God is. Shout it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Does that feel good? Let's try it again on the count of three. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you believe that, clap your hands and give God praise about it right now. Come on, give God a shout of praise right now. He's a great shepherd. You may be seated. David believes it's about his God. We realize as we read the words that he writes, he has experienced God in some unique ways. He's heard his voice, he's followed his lead, and he has also felt his care. But it's all formed in a season of crisis. Everybody say crisis. David thought about his God, the God of Israel, as he thought about his relationship with him. He paints the picture of this theme throughout his writings that our God really does care for his people. The Bible calls us the sheep of his pasture. You see in the book of Genesis where Moses called the Lord the shepherd, here's what it said, Genesis 49 and 24, the stone of Israel. He is a rock. He is a firm foundation. And if you built your trust upon him, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will never fail you. Now, I think you're in a series called Why, right? And maybe I misunderstood it, but this is our why. This is why we live. This is why we breathe, because if we put our trust in man and the things of this world and our government and our economy and our systems, they're going to fail us. But Jesus, the solid rock of Israel, he'll never fail you. That's our why. That's why we put our trust in him. That's why we put our hope in him. He's never going to treat us wrong. David realizes this. and One of the most precious things that we've seen all through life and the paintings that you've seen, that Jesus is carrying a lamb across his shoulders. You ever seen one of those drawings before where he, the shepherd, is protecting the one he cares about? That's how David felt. God, my shepherd, cares about me. Now listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Are we okay this morning? Everybody good? Here's what the Bible says. He shall feed his flock. Everybody say, that's me. Like a shepherd. That's him. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them and shall gently lead those that are with young. David says this. Go to the next slide, please. That in his continuations, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me the paths of righteousness for what? He's not going to do anything to you that's going to put his name in jeopardy. He has a name that is higher than all names, that is more powerful than all names, and he's as close as the mention of So when you feel like you have anxiety and you feel that fear coming on you and you feel that worry and you wonder, how am I going to make it? All you got to say is Jesus, and 
boom shakalaka, here he is. He's more powerful than a genie. And you get more than three wishes, ladies and gentlemen. I got some Aladdin ain't got. I got a friend that's always available. I can't help but to imagine that David realized sometimes, though, in the middle of my journey, there are going to be moments of pain and frustration. And God has to give us a place to pause and find hope and healing. David understood that in the writing of the 23rd Psalm, that I am just like a sheep. I know that this great shepherd is going to lead me in a place that's going to be calm and a place that's going to give me freedom because my life is crazy. I've got chaos all around me, but I know the shepherd's going to lead me beside the still waters and there's going to be a restoration of my life. But here's what we're all familiar with, verse 4. Let's say this. Yea, though I walk the valley of the shadow of death. Huh? I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my hope. I'm going to lose my joy. All hell's going to break loose. I'm never going to come back. Is that what David's saying? No, no, no. He says, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. I just want to tell you, you've got a God that's with you right now. You don't have to worry about anything in your life. You don't have to be afraid. You can have confidence that God is on your side. My shout, the Lord is my shepherd. I've quoted this many times. The valley of the shadow of death. You've quoted this passage. I know you have. I saw you raise your hand. You know it by heart. But have you ever wondered why would a sheep go through such a place like that? Why would we go through dark valleys where the shadow of death is lingering? Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever thought about this? That sometimes God has to take you lower so he can make you go higher. He's the God of the hills and the valleys. He is a God of all things and he does all things well. God never makes a mistake. You can look all through the Bible and you'll never find one place he ever made an error. Even when he created you in your mother's womb, he knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he had it all planned for your life. And I quoted this on Friday night, and I really believe it. It's one of my favorite passages. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. I will fear no evil. Watch this. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Hear this. To give you, everybody say, that's me. And expect it in. God has a plan for your life. But have you ever thought that sometimes the valley of the shadow of death is in fact a path of righteousness, not for my name's sake, but for his name's sake? Again, he's not going to put you in a position that's going to jeopardize his greatness. He's not going to let you walk through a season where he is going to put his name on the line and not have a way out. Anybody seen a situation said, oh, dear God, I have no clue how this is going to work out. But then just in the nick of time, oh, well, that one is as bad as I thought it was. Our mind, everybody say our mind. Play some cruel tricks on us. Play some evil tricks on us. Heard the story about a guy that was working on a, on a uh, train yard one day and the particular cart that he was working on was a refrigerated cart and uh, what's interesting about this is all the guys were leaving the train yard a little early because their supervisor their foreman was having his birthday bash and nobody nobody was really left on the lot except for him and two other guys and uh, he said you know what I gotta take care of a couple things and I'll just I'll close the gate and I'll meet y'all there well while he was inside of this train cart this refrigerator cart, his body shifted, and when it shifted, it took the it took the um, the brace that was holding the door open, and it caused it to fall, and the door slammed shut. Now this particular cart didn't have a way for you to open it because if some of the cargo was to fall, it could push that door open. So from the inside you could not open it, but from the outside you could. Now now here's the thing. 
they, they went to that party that night. They couldn't find the guy. He wasn't there. They called him. He didn't answer. They wondered where he was at. The next morning when they showed up at the train yard, they found his deceased body inside that car. When they performed the autopsy, they said he died from hypothermia. The problem with that is the refrigerator was broke. It wasn't on, and that's why they were trying to fix it. They later said that this guy believed in his mind so firmly that he was freezing to death that he died from being frozen to death. Now, your mind has a way of playing tricks on you. Your mind has a way of making you think things are going to happen to you that were never designed to come against you. You and I have the ability to make up a decision today. I believe what the lie of the enemy says about me, or I will listen. I preached about it on Friday night. Maybe you should go back and listen to this. I don't know. I wasn't planning on this today, Pastor Zach, but I got to remind somebody today, if the devil's talking to you, it is a lie. I know people right now that are in custody battles. I know people, I got a sister that's gone through a terrible divorce, and I, I've, I come from a broken family. I know how the chaos is, and I know how the court systems can be and things in your life. I know people that are trying to be freed from drugs and alcohol and addictions all around, and you're trying to do good here and trying to do best here, and, and just one thing can trip you up for a moment. I'm telling you right now, don't let one situation change the whole dynamic of where God's trying to, am I helping somebody today? You have a right to refuse to be what the devil says and thinks about you you've got to make up your mind for God I live and for God I die this trial is not going to kill me it's going to take me from where I am until where God wants me to be you guys getting this today I'm telling you right now emphatically I believe it beyond the shadow of a doubt we have a way of making ourselves believe so much negativity that's not even there because we listen to the wrong voices. That's why you got to be careful what you watch. That's got to be careful who you talk to. You got to be careful where you hang out. I'm going to tell you something right now. I thank God for places like New Hope Church because when I walk in this building, this place is a life-giving center. This is a dream center. This is a place where you can walk in broken but walk out healed, where you can walk out confused or in your mind from your home but walk Walk out of this place clear with a forming word from God. You shall live and not die. That God has great things. I'm trying to preach to somebody today. You've got to put your hope in God. You put your hope in man, they're going to fail you. You ever been hurt by somebody before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all have. Everybody else that didn't tell the truth. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm just I'm being funny today. Why would, why would the Lord... Let us go through dark seasons. I mean, if God really cared about us, why would we struggle? You ever thought about that? I mean, seriously? He loves me so much, but I lost my job. He loves me so much, but my kids were taken from me. He loves me so much, this is all happening. Let me tell you right now, there is this word in the Bible that we say it all the time. We're supposed to do it. We're supposed to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our understandings, but in all our ways. Acknowledge Him and He. Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this season of struggle that I'm in? What are you trying to develop inside of me that otherwise if I had not gone through this, I wouldn't see what you're trying to do in my life. I am trying to help someone today and tell you that God allows us to go through storms and trials because he really wants to take us to a better place. What is that better place? What is that better place? That better place is a land called freedom. It's a land called hope. It's also a land called Plenty. Everybody say plenty. Here's how I know it. When the doctor's support produces results that are contrary to what you prayed for, when your finances are so tight, you've got to work multiple jobs to make ends meet. And still, that's not even enough. When you have family situations that are rising all around you, the Lord himself has appointed even this hard time as a path of righteousness but you have to make sure you keep your mind clear of any negative activity. Your mind 
is powerful. Your heart is sensitive. But there's this element between your head and your heart. You know what it's called? It's your tongue. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Some of you have to stop saying what you see. I have a really good preacher that I like to listen to. His name is Jack Cunningham. He made a statement, Pastor Zach. If you change what you're saying, you'll change what you're seeing. So when you wake up in the morning, you look yourself in the mirror. Instead of saying with lines all over your face, God, you look like a struggling mess. Say, this is helping me to live. This is helping me to have a good rest. This is going to be a good day. Look at your name and say, today's a good day to have a good day. You might have walked in here with troubles all around you, but you were singing about the name of the Lord. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The Bible says the righteous run therein and they are saved. Let's lift our hands and pray right now. Lord, I love you. I thank you for what I feel in this room right now. I thank you for the gift of your spirit that's helping us to understand your word, that you are always with us and you never leave us by ourselves. Help us to run into you that we might find safety. Help us run into you that we might find rest. In Jesus' name. I hurry to a close today, but I want to share a few more passages of scriptures before we get to the end. One of them that comes to my mind is this. It's Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You've got the greatest fire and water protection that anybody else could have. It's called the Holy Ghost. It's called the gift of God's grace. Regardless of what it may be, there comes a point when God must make us lie down and rest because He always has a plan and He always has a purpose. It's this moment of our lives that we begin to feel the touch of the shepherd who loves us. Have you ever thought about it like Job? Job is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Maybe you thought it was called Job chapter 1. It's actually Job chapter 1. When I first started preaching, I'm going to turn your attention to Job chapter 16. That's kind of like the book of Hezekiah. It's not in there. But Job, Job look, I'm, I'm silly, I get it, but just let me preach today, okay? I'm leaving here in a few hours. You don't have to worry about it. You get the pastor's wife next Sunday. Hallelujah. Job's one of my favorite characters, probably because I connect with him the most. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's got a beautiful family, a lot of livestock. He's one of the wealthiest men alive in the land. And this huge trial comes his way. Let me me read it to you. And I want you to understand where I'm coming from. Job chapter 1. This is what blows my mind. He was a man that was perfect, upright, feared God, and pushed away evil. Had seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 oxen, and 500 female donkeys. It was a great household, and this man was the greatest of all men in the East. What a compliment for him, right? But one day, they're minding their business, and we see that. The sons of God came to present themselves. They came to go before the time of the Lord as they did accustomed to their days. The Bible says these words, Satan came also among them. The Lord said, Satan, where'd you come from? Oh, I was just going to and fro. I was going back and forth. I was just minding my own business. Yeah, what do you want? And the Lord said to him, have you considered my servant Job? That wicked old devil. Well, no, but... Tell me more. Tell me more about him. God releases Job to go through this huge storm where his kids die. He loses all of his livestock. All that's left is his wife and his house. In chapter 2, the verses come to life, and it said, 
His wife said, honey, why don't you just curse God and die? But I think that Job must have been the type of man that said, well, why curse him and die when I could bless him and live? See his perception on things? It was in a very dark season where I lost the second child. This time, my wife was pregnant, and at 20 weeks, we lost our baby girl, Willow. Willow Louise. And I was praying, seeking God. I'm a preacher, in case you haven't figured that out yet. I think I do okay with what I've been given. I love to preach. I love people. I love to communicate. But sometimes I have to preach things that are difficult for myself to even believe. And that's why I don't try to preach anything unless I have experienced it. My pastor taught me a long time ago, we make a mistake when we try to practice what we preach. We ought to preach what we practice. So who better to talk about trials than someone? It's like me teaching a a marriage conference. If I've never been married, that ain't going to work. But I've been through some dark seasons. You know about them. Even when I was pastoring, I went through some dark seasons. But this particular moment, I'm standing in the hospital room after our daughter has been pronounced deceased. I'm holding that little underdeveloped body in my hands. That that little sweet girl. She only made it to 20 weeks. It wasn't a miscarriage. It was a stillbirth. Stillborn baby. We had a stillbirth in our family. My little boy London is there holding her as well. He ends up going back to the house to get some rest with my in-laws and it's just my wife and I and that sweet little baby girl. She was no bigger than from the tip of my finger about right here to my wrist. She was tiny. Wasn't even a pound. Heartbreak. Brokenness. Confused. I thought good things didn't happen. Wait a minute. thought good things didn't happen to bad people. I thought bad things don't happen to good. Wait a minute. No. Yeah, people that don't deserve to be blessed, they get blessed. People that feel like they don't deserve to be cursed, they get cursed. It's just called life. Bad things happen to good people. I'm asking God, what have I done wrong to deserve this? Pastor, the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's not what you've done wrong. It's what you've done right that I trust you. Now that makes no sense, does it? I lost a baby, and you trust me? I mean, I'm faithful to church. I am a, bless God, I'm a preacher. That don't mean I get whatever I want like a spoiled brat. What that does mean is I'm just like everybody in this room. This is my calling. This is what I've made my career out of, is being a preacher. This is what I do for I have a full-time job at the United Pentecostal Church International. It's our headquarters office in St. Louis. That's what I do, and I preach every weekend. I travel. I'll be in Odessa, Texas next week, preaching four services in five days. It's what I do. But How can I help somebody get through a struggle if I don't even know how to get through one by myself? And I look at this scripture, and I'm thinking, okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, leads me beside still waters, yet the waves are so high that I feel like I'm drowning. Green pastures, I feel like the grass is all dead and there's nothing around to live. I mean, I don't see anything good. But then I realize that Paul was right when he said that we know all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his. Oh, it's not about my purpose. It's about God, his purpose. That makes sense now. Am I helping somebody today? It makes sense. The valley may not be good, but the shepherd is good. Losing my daughter, that ain't good, but he's good. 
said in verse 5, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. That's not talking about a table like what's set up on the other side of this room with, with, with barbecue and baked beans and all that. Great. And somebody said, oh, hallelujah, quit preaching right now. I can feel you in the house right now. No, he's talking about a place in the field that he's going to make sure there's no enemies around you that can harm you and that he's going to place a table in the field is a flat section of land where the sheep can walk around and eat without any danger at all. The shepherd goes before them. He inspects the ground. He makes sure that where he's leading you is safe. Some of you in this room right now, you've got to make decisions on walking and moving forward, and you're scared because you feel scattered. You feel like, God, where are you? Guess where he's at? He's here. He's with you. Even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I can't feel it, he's working. He is a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light. See, you know what's so great about us? Those of us who have a relationship with God, these songs are not about a lyric, and they're great words. But for us, it's our lifestyle. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust, to, like to, to trust his word. I mean, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. I don't deserve it, but thanks unto him that gave it to me. Oh, and David, verse 6, kind of seals it all together. Is there a verse 6? Epic fail. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me, my end, all the days of my life, and I will dwell. It wasn't an epic fail. Yes! I'm glad it was your fault, not mine. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I am really just kidding. Just kidding. Just, just kidding. Surely what? Isn't he doing a great job on the media today? You've helped me today, bro. You've blessed me. Thank you so much. Goodness and mercy shall follow me just every now and then. When I give to the church, there's a need, or whenever I decide to give somebody a free lunch, or, or if, if I, you know, no. All the days of my life. And then he makes this declaration. And I will dwell where? In the house of the Lord forever. David says, this walk that I'm involved in, it's not going to be perfect. One thing I know, it's going to be passionate. It's not going to have all the ducks in a row but it's going to be worth every step I take. It's like you take one step forward and then like two steps backwards. Go this direction, boom, you're sideswiped. It's not even my fault that I'm going through these situations. Guess what? It doesn't have to be your fault. It just has to be your faith. When your faith is purified, tried in the fire, the word says it's going to come out as gold, precious gold. I don't know why the Lord sent me here today with this word except for this potential reason. To let you know it's okay for you to cry yourself asleep at night. It's okay to feel like people have left you and abandoned you. It's okay to feel like you're alone. It's okay to feel like you've made mistakes and you have shortcomings in your life. It's okay to feel like hell's breaking loose and your life is falling apart. But just because you feel that way doesn't mean it is that way. It is okay to say, this is not going to be my end result. <laughs> Am I helping somebody today? Are you thankful you came to New Hope Church this morning? Look, come back next week. I know you're going to be blessed even greater, but I'm telling you, and maybe I'm missing it, but this is what really comes to my mind today. You're here because you really need some things to change in your life. What better place than in the house of the Lord? And I challenge you, dwell here forever. Be with us. Lord, strengthen us. Guide us. It might be the valley of the shadow of death, but I know it's a path of righteousness 
for your name's sake. You're not going to leave me alone. You're not going to leave me hanging out here all by myself. I do believe that there is an answer. And there's a promise. And the promise is God's going to be with you even until the end of the earth. Would you stand today with me? Thank you for listening to this message. I pray it's blessed somebody's heart and their mind. If you weren't here Friday night, I have to tell you the other side of the story, the good side of the story, the better side of the story. We do have a little boy named London. He's 11 years old. And after losing my daughter, the Lord blessed us 16 months ago with a little girl. Then three and a half months ago, a little boy. Now, he's the grand finale, okay? That's it. We're done. You're done. That's what it is. We're done. You're done. But I, I'm telling you that to say this. There were a lot of days where I had to show up, preach, lead worship, wish Happy Mother's Day, and my wife didn't want even a mother, and Happy Father's Day, and I wasn't even a father. I wasn't going to steal someone else's moment of joy just because I was in a season of sorrow. Remember what I said on Friday about that word, let the weak say, I am strong? If you don't say it, you won't be it. You got to look yourself in the mirror. Your, your worst enemy is not your coworker. It's not your boss. It's not your family. It's not even the devil. It's you. I am my own worst enemy. So I have to look myself in the mirror and say, today's a good day for a God day. Today's a day where everything could change. I believe. Now, look, here's what I say all the time. You may walk in this place with a situation that's beyond your control, and you may walk out and still deal with it. But when you leave here, you have to say, this is the day that things are going to start to turn around. Anybody ever been healed by the Lord before? Anybody ever received an instant miracle before? Yeah, I have. What's so beautiful about it is when God starts it, he is obligated to finish it. But don't you bow out. You've got to keep the faith. You've got to keep believing. You've got to keep trusting. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if I could say it that way, we've got the evidence that proves God is guilty as charged. He is guilty enough to love you that he would die for you, be buried for you, and rise again on that third day. And because he lives, the old song says, we can face tomorrow. You don't have to walk by yourself. He is with you. Let's lift our hands and close our eyes. And let's just give God thanks for this truth today. He is with us. He is for us. He is on our side. The Lord is our shepherd. Hallelujah, God. We thank you for this truth today. Oh, we thank you for this holy word. It's powerful to our ears and our hearts. Let it minister, God, to our spirits today, Lord. We thank you for your word. Let it stand strong in times of trials and tribulations. Let it bring a boldness in the Holy Ghost into our minds and our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you a chance to respond. And um, what I feel the need to do today is to have families and friends pray one with another. Pastor, come here real quick. There's nothing too hard in this city that you cannot do. I believe God has aligned you and positioned you for this purpose in your life. God has opened doors for you in this community, and God has given you an inroad to help young people and to help people in this congregation today. So I speak life over new hope in your ministry that the best is yet to come. You see how easy that was? I said it that so simple because that's what I believe, and that's what I prayed for this morning. I want you to find your family your friends, and I want you to pray with somebody right now. I want you to speak a blessing over them right now. They have enough dealings with feeling like they're cursed, but I want you to find somebody and speak life over them, pray for them right now. Can you do that? Find somebody and pray before we leave together right now. Come on. Get your hands a hold of somebody and pray with them in the name of Jesus. Come on, I speak life over your situation.
Come on, cry out to the Lord right now. Jesus, I pray blessings over my family. I pray blessings over my friends. Come on, let's say it out loud together. In Jesus' name. I feel the Lord in this room right now. Let's pray together. Come on, speak life over the situations that you're encountering. Nothing is too hard for God to handle. Come on, nothing is too hard for God to handle. He can reach you right where you are, and He can minister to your need right where you are. Hallelujah. Do you know I'll never be alone? Oh, yes. No, I will never be alone. Oh, there wasn't none. Hallelujah. Come on, I don't have to go through the fire alone. He's there with me. Oh, Jesus. God, we glorify you. Holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding of how you've been to me? Count the because I know that's where you'll be. Oh, yes, see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. I can hear the roar into heavens as space between where sin. I can hear the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. Another in the fire. Oh God, I speak it over every one of them, God. I speak your name, God, in this place today. 
God, that you would touch, God. God, that walls would begin to crumble right now in the name of Jesus. God, that those bonds that have been holding, God, that they would begin to be set free, God, that the captives would be released in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those struggling right now, God, that you would, that they would be released, God, that they would be strengthened, God, God, that they could walk out of this place seeing a difference in their life, God. God, I pray, God, against the negativity that's been coming into our lives, God, God, that we would begin to speak life rather than death, God. God, I pray you would minister, God, in Jesus' name we worship you. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, as the prison walls cave in and nothing stands between us, nothing stands between, oh, there'll be another in the fire standing next to me, there'll be another in the waters holding back the sea. Should I ever need reminding? How good you've been to me I count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Oh hallelujah Come on in the midst of the battle he's there In the midst of the fiery furnace he's there In the midst of the water he's there He's holding it back In the middle of the storm he's there In your boat of life he's standing there Turn to him and look to him He's the author and finisher of your faith Can you just give a rejoicing shout right now Go ahead put your hands together God we worship you We magnify you God we know that all things are possible Through you who you strengthen God God I thank you God, for everything that you're doing, God, for everything that you will do, we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother, for preaching. I know you ministered to me. I hope that what he preached ministered to you. Before we go, let's just pray that God would protect us and keep us. Don't forget Bible study on Wednesday. And uh, there's food on the other side. Help yourself. Have a snack. There's some, it's it's real good. Just so you know, right? Those baked beans. Oh, and that potato salad. I think it's got bacon in it. <laughs> Lord, let's pray. God, I thank you for bringing us together. God, I thank you for the word, God, that has gone forth, God. I pray that it would not return void. God, I pray that you would strengthen every heart, God. God, let it be good ground that the seed has fallen on. God, I pray that you would touch every heart and every life. As we walk out of this place, God, I pray that you would strengthen us, God, that we would wake up in the morning and look into the mirror and see that I do have promises in you. God, I pray that you would touch and strengthen every person. God, I pray that you would bless the food. God, I pray that you would touch each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Greet people, say hello to people, and go eat that food.